Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Healthier Together podcast. I'm your host, Liz Moody, and I'm a cookbook author and longtime journalist. This podcast is all about helping you live your healthiest, happiest life, whether we're learning how to hack our focus to pay attention to the things that we want to, how to up-level our sex lives, or how to identify and eliminate stress. And yes, those are all real episodes, so if any of those topics sound good to you, scroll on back in the archives. I am so excited to welcome Charlotte Palermino to the podcast. Charlotte is a licensed esthetician whom you might recognize from her incredibly popular TikTok or Instagram accounts, where she is constantly debunking beauty myths and encouraging us to wear more sunscreen. Also, if you've heard of slugging, she is the person who has popularized that. Or from the incredible skincare line, Do, which she co-founded and serves as the CEO of. Do has been lauded by everyone from Haley Bieber to Jonathan Van Ness, Charlotte was kind enough to send me the line to try after our interview, and I will say that I am obsessed. The Instant Angel Moisturizer is among the best that I've tried, and I love the eye masks. With that said, we have a really fun giveaway to go along with this episode that I know that you'll love, so stay tuned for the end to find out how to enter to win some do of your own. I love this episode. It's a beauty episode, but unlike any beauty episode out there. Like, yes, you'll get specific skincare tips and product recommendations, but you'll also come away with a totally different perspective on the beauty industry, aging, and how to love the way that you look. In this episode, we talk about the problems with beauty marketing and how we view beauty as a society, how to stop listening to shoulds and live your best life, the best French beauty secrets, Charlotte's current favorite skincare products, why you should stop exfoliating your skin, how to avoid the retinol purge, why your retinol might not actually work, and how to find one that does. This was like a life-changing secret for me. The best sunscreens on the market, a trick for reapplying sunscreen over makeup, how to combat the effect of city pollution on your skin, her hot take on ice rollers, lymphatic massage, frownies, face shaving, microneedling, microcurrent, gua sha, and so much more. I am so excited to hear your thoughts on this episode, so definitely screenshot and tag me. I am at Liz Moody and Charlotte. She is at Charlotte Parlay, so Charlotte like the name, and then P-A-R-L-E-R on Instagram. And don't forget to stay tuned to the end of the episode to find out how you can win some do for yourself. Okay, let's get into all things beauty with Charlotte Palermino. So you take a really anti-aging stance, and I love that in general. Can you speak to kind of your perspective on aging? So I feel like for, and again, this is about beauty companies portraying women that, quite frankly, they have wrinkles. You are airbrushing people. Yeah. Bar none. That's what you're doing. That's not realistic. It's not what we should be striving for. And I find it very problematic, especially in the United States. Absolutely, there are beauty standards that are messed up everywhere. Absolutely, this cult of youth is absolutely everywhere. But I have like a couple of different layers of where I get like really furious. And the first one is, as I'm reading Girlhood right now, and it's absolutely like destroying me, but you're told to grow up when you're younger and you become sexualized at an incredibly young age. Then you grow up and And you're too old, you need to be younger, younger. but you're smarter when you're older. And you see the scams that were pulled on you when you were younger. And you felt bad about yourself your whole life. Oh and my then God. you finally hit your 30s. And it's like, okay, well, 
it's the end of the road for you. I'm trying your to like life think, is over, is and you're like, I'm age? so fucking great now. Are there is there any age that we're like no. a, that we're told like this is great? You're, no. you're great, just as and you are. And it's a form. And for me personally, it's like That's a form of like wild. subjugation. And also like yeah. I also look a lot like I look a lot like intersectionality. And it's I am a white, tall, privileged. I now make money, white lady, and I'm struggling. So if you add any layer of intersectionality there, it's like for me, I immediately am. This is so untenable and it's so unfair. How women can like deal with this kind of stress 24-7 or just feeling like not enough. Not only that, but it's like women are like my favorite. <laughs> well, it's like in the sense of like I love my friends and like the women that I'm, I surround myself with and like my grandmother is like somebody that I really adore and respect. And it's, it just kills me that we have like these pieces of ourselves where we're yeah. always like we're not good enough. We need to do better. Oh, if we buy this thing, we'll be better. And it's kind of like in the back of your mind. For me, it's really interesting that just looking at how people take agency away from women. And mm. one of them is if you make all of her value based on her beauty, and then you tie that beauty to something that is ephemeral, which is youth, you got her locked wow. in. Wow. That like sent full body shivers down my spine. And the thing is, like, I love costuming. And I think that this is something that is very much so nature. No woman in my family does glam. Nobody knows how to do a cat eye. Nobody uses makeup. I think my mother had eyeliner. Maybe. I started buying eyeshadow palettes when I was like five. Like I was like, I think I stole some samples from Sephora. I'm so sorry, Sephora. <laughs> I've always been obsessed with it. I did realize that there was a point where it was becoming a bit obsessive. And then we were talking about this earlier before we started recording, but it's like, anorexia. It's like, I think that eating disorders are like pretty much every woman probably had at some point some sort of an eating disorder. And you personally had one. Oh yeah. I had like full-blown anorexia. And so I think that this whole trying to look a certain way, be a certain way, et cetera. It's like, I just kind of learned that those kinds of things won't make you happy. Like I almost got a nose job when I was like 18 because I hated my nose because I was made fun of for it. I realized that it's like all those things. I was spending so much time thinking about these things instead of like doing stuff that made me happy. And so I think that ultimately beauty is used or the kinds of beauty that we define or narrow forms of beauty, that is a form of trying to subjugate women. So how do you think of beauty? Because obviously it, it holds this really large role in your life, but you aren't viewing it in that way. I mean, from my perspective, it's like never to look like someone else. It's to look like me. And also it's just to be comfortable with my skin, it's like, I really like it when it's like very heavily like moisturized. And like, there are people on the internet who's like, ew, her skin's so greasy. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feels fantastic. <laughs> I love it. I love having a layer of grease on my face. It is really comfortable for me. And so I think that approaching it from that perspective and also like, it just feels really good to rub stuff on my face. And I like, you know, doing a little cat eye because I think it just looks nice on me, but it's not like I'm doing it for. I can leave the house without makeup. You know what I'm saying? I don't do this every day. I do it because it actually does make me feel happy. And when it doesn't, I just stop doing it. What about in terms of aging? Like, what is your relationship with aging? So I look at my grandmother and I can only pray to be as cool as her. She's like the funniest person. I was like, this woman needs to do stand up. Like, we got to get her like a little quick set. She's French, right? Yes. At the comedy song. No one can speak French, but it's fine. <laughs> I'll translate. But I look at her and I'm just like, I would be so lucky to be her. She's 89. Oops, sorry, Mimi, I told your age. Yeah, she doesn't speak English. <laughs> Nobody text her. 
I would be so lucky to be her. And so when I look at that, I'm like, you can't be her if you stay 25 forever. What are you doing? I know like Botox and fillers and people talk about that a lot. Maybe I'll do it one day, but it's like right now, it's like I just have like no desire to do any of those things. And for me, it's when I see a wrinkle crop up, I'm like, okay. I literally did a podcast with an aging expert and she said you can add eight years to your life, literal years to your life by having positive views of aging. And she said the best way to do that is to have these aging role models and these people who you can look to and say, that is what they're being revered for their wisdom. They are living a wonderful life. And I think it's hard to find those role models. So it's really beautiful that you have one like in your family. I know. I'm, I feel very, very lucky. But I also, there's also just like the realization where you're like, if I'm not aging, I'm dead. And what's funny is that men also are scared of aging. It just doesn't control their lives in the way that it can for women. Well, and I also think it manifests really differently. My husband and I were talking about that recently. Like, I think for women, we try to fight our fears of death, essentially, by trying to look young forever. And I think for men, it manifest almost in terms of the traditional midlife crisis you see or where somebody goes and like dates a younger woman or like something virility like that. Yeah, virility, like this idea of catching youth in that way. And I think they all come from a fear of aging and a fear of death. I 100% agree on the aging and fear of death. I do think for women in particular, all of our beauty ideals are around super young women. I'm sorry, but whenever I see like an 18-year-old in a lingerie ad, like I want to vomit leave women alone. Leave young girls alone. The fact that we even have 14-year-old models in like underwear ads, I'm like, this is fucked. Stop it. It's like very like pedophile-y. And then you have like a woman who's topless in her 40s. It would be like, oh my God, like disgusting. And you're like, make up your mind. And then you go to France and you see topless people all the time. And they're like in their 60s and 70s. I'm down with that shit. I find the U.S. is very twisted in how we portray women in media. And so for me with beauty, I look at ads, I look at film, I look at television, I look at culture, I look at magazines, I look at Instagram, all these things. I'm like, how are things being portrayed? And then how does that then impact not only me, a 35-year-old woman? Well, May 16th is my birthday, so almost 35. Um, Happy almost birthday. Thank you. But it's imagine like 14-year-olds on social media. And how is that melding their brains? And I also think that there's the notion that, like you said, if you're not aging, you're dead and like that's not preferable. But beyond that, the second that you realize that it's a game that's not designed for you to win, there's no achieving. Like you said, when you're young, they want you to be older. When you're older, they want you to be younger. If you know you can never win it, it's kind of like the only way to play is to opt out, to just pull yourself out of the unattainable standards. And then just really do what you want to do. I mean, I think one thing that's been interesting is like ever since I left Snapchat about four or five years ago, I started dressing really like the way that I want and costuming again. Like I had like a brief like Victorian period. And I was like, I'm just going to wear like these weird like bustle things. And I love that. I don't like saying cosmetics. It's like the way that like you must like self-express yourself. But I do feel, I can't remember the creator that did this Instagram, but it was more about reclaiming all the things that people made me feel horrible about for years. I love my eyes. It took me forever too because when I was a kid, I was made fun of. For what? They're bulbous. They're huge. They're popping out of your head. Oh my God. I think they're so gorgeous. That's wild. And then my nose. Like I really like my nose now. All these things that the amalgamation of 
generations of my family led to me. And the fact that we like make people hate those features makes mm-hmm. me really mad. Because ultimately, like when I meet people, I'm always like, wow, you're so beautiful. Like I really do. I really believe that with everybody. And I think that one thing that's been really challenging is just like with weight, because especially with French women, it's very disordered, the approach to eating, right? Like when people talk about intermittent fasting, I'm like, you mean French women? They eat at 10 p.m. A lot of people in America like point to how can we learn about how to look like French women? How can we steal their body secrets, et cetera? They don't eat and they smoke cigarettes. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Genetics is a huge part of it. Like my body type, this is genetics. But I think that that's like one thing that also it's like your body changes that you get older. It's just a reality. Yeah. I know. I always think about that when I see fitness influencers who are like 22. And then I think about all the women in their late 30s and 40s who are like, oh, if I just do this workout, like I'll have her body. And I'm like, well, no, you won't. And it it feels unethical for her to sell that as a possibility. It's like what we were talking about where my goals were with my trainer. And I just like showed up and I was like, I don't want osteoporosis. That's the fitness goal. But that's huge. I do think that flipping how you think about working out. For me, I don't work out at all for my body to look a certain way. I mostly work out to assuage my anxiety because I just rely on it for that. And then to have energy. And then I'm hoping it'll make me live forever. And I think that. (laughs) No, you have to change the script. Yeah, 100%. And I think that the narrative I have when I work out has shifted entirely based on that. So instead of being like, oh, you're so fat, if you just run a little bit more, you'll be like a little bit skinnier. And it was such a mean internal dialogue. And now I'm like, you're so good. You're making yourself live forever. Have you read The Body Keep Score? I haven't. So there's just this one. I haven't read it. My friend just told me this piece. And I'm talking about this chapter nonstop. It's it's next on my list. It's next on my list. These are very dense books that I'm reading. Work Won't Love You Back is dense. But there's this one piece that really has like stuck in my mind and it's actually changed how I approach relationships. And it's about basically pain. And so they took war veterans and they put them in a room, made them watch puppies and rainbows, and they put their hands in ice. They were able to keep their hands in the ice for about six minutes. They then showed them like platoon or some like traumatic war video. They were able to keep their hands in the ice for 12 minutes. Your body is just trying to keep you alive and it will do everything it can to make you just survive. And so when they were put into that trauma response, they were able to actually tolerate pain more because pain is familiar, especially when it was something that they had already experienced. Wow. Your body keeps score. And so for me, I realized that I had a couple of real awful examples of relationships when I was younger in terms of. Because I did let men treat me a certain way that I realized like, oh, wow, like you are so used to pain. You are so used to being treated badly that you think that that is actually normal and you go back to it because it's more familiar than somebody actually being nice to you. Wow. Mm -hmm. So you almost need to like acclimate your body to the puppies and rainbows? You need to acclimate your body or you need to physically think, take your hand out of the ice and get out. Yeah. Whoa. (laughs) With beauty. It's almost comfortable to think that you're not beautiful enough because we've been told this for so long. And now I'm just like, no. You learn these things about how your body literally will like wire itself to kind of play into these. And that's why I was saying with consumer perception and just with marketing in general, I find it can go unethical very quickly. And even for us, like, I don't think we're perfect. Like, we're constantly trying to work things out. Like, okay, like, we worded it this way, we can probably do a better job. But for me, I'm like, there has to be a world where you can actually get across what your product does, make people feel good about themselves, and not make them panic by something because they think that they're ugly. Can you speak to somebody listening who is still like, 
I am ugly. I have to work out to be more beautiful. I have to buy skincare to be more beautiful. I have to apply makeup to be more beautiful. I would say, where did those ideas come from that you are not enough? And you're usually going to think about an ad. You're usually going to think about maybe like a movie. You're usually going to think about a comment that somebody said to you. Maybe you'll think about like your mom and something that she said to you. It's not coming from you. Okay. So then how do you counter those? Because those are power, even if they're not coming from you, they're powerful. They are powerful. The only advice that I can give is like, and basically what I've told kind of like myself is those aren't coming from you. Like, how do you actually feel? And for me, it's been really hard for me to distill how I feel about things, even particularly in relationships. When I'm in relationships, sometimes I'm like, oh, do I like this person? I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. I have no idea if I like this person. I think we've been taught to not trust Jobs. our gut or on anything. I think we have so much external messaging that it's really hard yeah. to get in touch with what we or think even about like anything. Work. Like yeah. I've had so many jobs where I'm like, I don't like this, but I just kept going because I thought it's what I had to do. And I think that, and let's, let's be clear, I'm not all rainbow and sunshines. Like sometimes I'm like, ugh, like I hate how I look. I hate how I feel. I hate all those things. But it's like, you just have to remember that there's also another day tomorrow. And it's like, if you sit in that feeling, then it's never going to get better. So I don't really have any like great advice other than when that happens, I just turn off my phone. I don't look in the mirror as much. I don't pick apart things. And I just remember that most of these ideas came from corporate America. So anything that you actively do, other you mostly disconnect, or is there anything else you do to feel beautiful in moments where you're not? I don't know. I mean, like working out has been like pretty life-changing. Working out is such a powerful way, though, to feel your body. Your body is for living, not looking is something I say all the time. And working out is just a powerful way to get into the living versus the looking. 100%. I also don't use filters. I actively don't use anything. And anytime I, I want to, I'm like, nope, because that will actively make me feel bad. So that's actually my advice. Don't do things that actively make you feel bad. Don't pick at a scab. I do give myself little pep talks sometimes. Oh, well cute outfit. And I'm like, mm. but the bigger <laughs> thing is that I don't pick at my scabs. Your metaphorical scabs. My Probably metaphor your physical ones on your, you know, because to keep the skin oh, looking. Yeah. <laughs> I, have some KP, I have some KP that I've been using exfoliator on because I'm like, oh, this is itchy. But yeah, metaphorical scabs. So I worked at Snapchat for two and a half years, but I was there when the filters, and this is pre-Instagram stories, but that was when they were launching all the filters. And I noticed how it was really vomiting rainbows and really cute and cartoonish. And then it went into like sexy dog, like real quick. So I saw how like people were just using it and then they wanted to get plastic surgery to look like their filters. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Or even like just like the simple Paris filter. I used to use it like a couple years ago. Then when I started making a lot of videos and I saw people were taking my advice, I was like, you can't use this shit. And so I stopped using filters. And now even every once in a while, I just want to see what it looks like. And I'm like, that's not that doesn't even look real. I heard that a plastic surgeon say on a podcast that he used to get requests for people to like look like celebrities, like you want Angelina Jolie's lips or whatever. And now they just bring in a filtered version of themselves. 100%. Or even like your skin. I'm like, skin just doesn't look like that. I'll hear somebody in like their late 20s be like, yeah, I have these really deep forehead lines. I'm like, change how you're talking about that. You do not have deep forehead lines. They are expression lines and they are normal. And so that's another thing you can do. Don't exaggerate what the thing is. You do not have deep forehead lines. Some people do have genetic disorders. So, okay, taking that aside, it's like I'll look at it and I'm like, have you been drinking a lot? Just drink a little bit of water. Like those will go away. If that's something that you're concerned have about. Have you had any water today? Exactly. <laughs> like, right? Like, are you just been looking at your forehead, freaking out, just staring into the abyss of Take your reflection? Take some of the mirror time and turn it into water. Totally. Yeah. Exactly. 
You're listening to the Healthier Together podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to today's podcast guest. You're definitely familiar with them if you follow me on Instagram because I've talked about them like a million times. I basically need to have my nails look cute all the time since I'm shooting so many videos with my hands in them. I also feel like having my nails be bright and happy and colorful is such a tiny, easy way to boost my mood. And there's actually a lot of science around how seeing beautiful colors makes us happier, so why not harness that on our hands, which we see all day long? That's where Olive and June comes in. I've been using Olive and June's Manny system to give myself at-home manicures for the past two years, and I'm honestly still shocked every single time at how good it looks. Since I used to do my nails at home before Olive and June, and it truly looked like a five-year-old had painted them. There are a few secrets to Olive and June's Manny system, which comes with literally everything you need to give yourself a perfect manicure. First, it is so much more affordable than going out and getting a manicure. We're talking like $2 a Manny versus $35 for the same overall results. Also, it comes with the best nail clippers that I have ever used. They're really grippy so they don't slip, and they're straight across so you can do all types of nail shapes, not just oval. And then their cuticle serum is amazing. They actually don't think it's ideal to trim cuticles, and the serum makes it so you don't have to. And then there's something called the poppy, which you pop on the top of the nail polish, and it makes it so much easier to paint with your non-dominant hand. It's a genius little tool. It's wide and flat, so it's so much easier to grip than the tiny little nail polish cap. It stabilizes your hand, and it aligns the brush the right way on your nail, so you get a perfect even stroke every single time. And then the polishes themselves are phenomenal. First of all, they literally look like gels. They are so shiny, and they don't chip, and they last for ages. I'm looking at my nails right now, and I painted them like a week ago today, maybe even a little bit longer, and they look like I could have gotten a manicure this morning. They also have the cutest colors. I'm loving like bright, happy colors for spring, but I also think doing sort of like a neutral ombre is such a vibe, and they have the perfect colors for both of those looks and so many more. I've honestly never been able to dream up a color in my head that I haven't been able to find on their website. And then the top coat makes everything look so polished and shiny and perfect. And here's a fun secret. Apply a new coat of the top coat every few days. It'll reinvigorate your mani and make it look absolutely perfect even longer. And of course, Olive and June's polishes are always seven free, meaning they're completely free of the seven toxic chemicals most commonly found in nail polish formulas. I'm wearing Energize on my nails right now, which is the prettiest light green. And I'm also loving Ura 10, which is like an orange sherbet color, and BP, which is the prettiest pale blue. I also think that the Malibu Sunset Set is so chic. Whenever I wear it, I get a zillion compliments. If you want an even more instant Manny, Olive and June just launched their press-ons, which are not only so cutely designed, but actually stay put, are made from recycled materials, and don't damage your nails. If you would like to try Olive and June for yourself and have manis that last over a week, visit oliveandjune.com slash healthier20 for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash H-E-A-L-T-H-I-E-R two zero for 20% off your first Manny system. And then send me pics on Insta of your gorgeous nails. I am so excited to see them. Now, let's get back to the episode. I think the phrasing, too, that we use day in and day out is really important, both internally and externally as well. What about do you bring this strong getting rid of the shoulds energy to the rest of your life? 
do you feel free of the idea that you should be like married or having a baby right now? <laughs> okay. So that's like another place where I'm like with work where I was like, where I'm super confident. I've never felt the urge to have children or babies. If that happens for me, excellent. Love to see it. But it's like, I was never, no. When people tell me I should, I'm like, why? Because you'll be fulfilled. And I'm like, but how do you know? You're not me. Is there anything you would tell somebody who's really struggling with the shoulds and like, you should be doing this by this age. You should be doing this by this age. This is what a good life looks like for you. You always have time. Unless if you're dead, you have time. I remember the panic that I had in my mid-20s and late 20s about the Forbes 30 under 30 bullshit. Oh, my God. Don't get me started on Forbes Do we flip the mics and just like storm out of the room? It makes me so angry. It makes me so anxious. Yeah. I know. It's interesting, though, because (laughs) it's it's not a guarantee of success. It's also who you know. A large part of it is who you know. I will say this. There are a lot of people that do incredible things before they turn 30. What I do not like is this idea that you have failed or that you are not special if you don't achieve something by the time you are 30. If anything, if you are a woman or person of color or any sort of intersectionality and you managed, or anybody, and you managed to achieve something in your 40s, 50s, 60s, fuck, yes, like that is impressive. Yeah. And so my advice is you have time. That is what I will say. You have time and start doing the things that you want to do. That little voice in the back of your head that you always hear and you're like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. Obviously, there are some extenuating circumstances, like some people have families, things like that. Like you need to rest. You need to take time. But it's like I always had this like nagging voice of you want to be in beauty. You have a lot of things to say about beauty. You want to start your own company. You want to do something in product. I really wanted to get out of technology and like just the tech space and publishing as well, even though I love those industries. I always had these like little nagging voices in the back of my head. And my first company did not ever make like a penny, but the next one did. I love that. Yeah. So you have time. Probably also don't be deterred by failure, I heard in there. And then also, again, that continuing theme of listen, tune into that little nagging voice that is your you telling you what your you should want. I think, I can't remember what book this was, but it's like your goal when you get older is to be more like yourself as a kid. And I find children very, like, precious beings because I'm like, oh, like, you just are this distilled raw soul and you haven't been morphed by the world yet. Basically, the idea is, like, if you go back to, like, who you are as a kid, like, who is that? And what were all the things that you used to do? And how do you want to live your life? And, like, what makes you happy? And I think it's a really beautiful thing to think about that because when you were a kid, you were just doing you, like, truly distilled. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Okay, let's talk about the French thing for a second. I used to do this editorial series about 10 different things, wellness secrets from different countries and people who live there would share like this tea or this product. Is there anything from France that you think we could all steal? It can be a perspective. It can be a product. Barrier repair. Barrier repair. Barrier repair is basically the idea that your skin should be intact and moisturized and healthy and functioning for the one thing that it's actually supposed to be doing, which is keeping your insides in and protected from the outside world. And so I talk a lot about transepidermal water loss, which is when your basically your hydration evaporates from the skin. What then happens is that your skin gets dry and cracked. And then what happens, pathogens and things can actually get in. And that's when you start to get dermatitis and rashes and itchiness and all this thing. And so if you just moisturize well, 
And if you protect your skin, then it's going to be functioning better as a barrier. And when you go into a French pharmacy, most of the products that you will find are different variations of excellent moisturizers. And that is a thing where it's like a very simple thing. It's not about exfoliating your skin off. It's not about burning your face off. It's not about, oh, this retinol will make you look 80% younger. Like what is it like the 80% reduction in wrinkle depth? And I'm like, that's such a variable. We cannot talk about percentages with clinical studies and like why we don't publish our numbers, even though they're fantastic. Because it's like, what does an 80% reduction in a wrinkle mean? Oh, like from what is like the question sort of? Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, like an 80% reduction in hyperpigmentation. Okay. But what would you, did you do that by melanation? (laughs) What's that number? What does that number actually mean? Interesting. So you can really start picking apart the numbers. And again, it's like this idea of like overpromising. I'm like, I don't ever want to overpromise. But with French skincare, a lot of it is just protect your skin. And part of that is making sure it's moisturized. Somebody's like, okay, I want to go work on my barrier. Is moisturizing the secret to that? Like, are we just looking for a really great moisturizer? Looking for a really great moisturizer, being really careful about the, like anything that's like a keratolytic, which basically is anything that like speeds up like cell turnover or basically like causes like exfoliation. Basically, you're having that shedding of the skin cells. And it also depends on your skin type. But basically, what I find that a lot of people do in the U.S., they go ham on skincare. And then after that, they have like rashy, red, raw skin. And it's like if you're just making sure that your skin is protected, it's like that's going to actually take care of like a lot of things. Okay. So do you exfoliate or no? Mostly my body. I don't really exfoliate my face. Maybe once a quarter. Okay. And would you kind of recommend that in general to people? Depends. If you're more acne prone, probably, because part of the issue with acne, if it's something that bothers you, is that it is that cell turnover. So sometimes it's like a hormonal imbalance, right? So there's like so many different reasons why acne occurs. That's why you can't do a one size fits all solution. But when dead skin cells are getting trapped within the follicle and you're basically getting that inflammation, it gets trapped, then creates the whitehead. That's one form. Exfoliating can help. Absolutely. But then it's like people overdo it because you want fast results, but also skincare takes like a really long time to work. It's an organ. If you were testing a skincare product and you wanted to see- Two to three months. Okay. Same with working out. Your skin is an organ. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's really the same with literally anything. It's that you really need to do it. And it's healthy eating, like literally anything, a mindset shift, a habit. Like you wouldn't work out once and expect to feel stronger. Yeah. No, you wouldn't. You can't. Anything that's going to make you feel good is going to be about consistently doing it for an extended period of time. Exactly. Can you walk me through briefly your morning and evening routine? I want to do like products that you're using, but also like any lifestyle practices that you're doing, things that you're doing to make you feel as good as possible. Okay. So the one thing that I've been doing, because I'm, in addition to osteo, I'm really concerned to like all of my bones, but it's like tooth decay. I'm so nervous about it because I think I have my mother's teeth and like they're made of crayons as far as I'm concerned. So I actually listen to my Sonicare on the beeps. And so I, you're it's doing so hard. quadrant? Yes. And I'm, it's so hard because I just want to move and I'm trying to like, I want to brush and it's like, you have to like, just hold it. And I'm like, this is a practice of patience. So I do that and I feel great. I feel like very accomplished. I am an adult. I drink like a lot of mint tea. I love a mint tea before bed. Okay. So we're talking about nighttime routine. Nighttime routine. We'll start with nighttime routine. I put my phone into like a vault because I don't want to look at it because anytime I look at my phone after 10, I don't sleep until 2. I'm obsessed. They sent this to me. To be clear, this was gifted, but higher dose. Mm -hmm. has that infrared mat. The mat. Oh, the mat. I haven't tried the mat. Tell me about the mat. 
Okay, I have some people that come over sometimes and they're like, what is this like space station that you have? I have this infrared sauna mat. I don't know what it does. I don't know if it's just a heated blanket, but it has these like crystals. I don't know, man, but I love it. And it helps me fall asleep. I go under that with like my Dermalux red light. It has infrared, near infrared, and then it also has red light. I just sit under that for like 30 minutes while I'm on my thing. And then I, I fall right asleep. And then I finish my sleep in my bed. I think I spend more time on my higher dose than I do on any other material in my apartment. So you're like out of bed when you're doing this whole routine yeah. and then you get really sleepy and then exactly. you like crawl and into so bed. And so for skincare, what I do in at night is I've been really into the Clarins oil cleanser. It is incredible at taking off makeup and cleaning your makeup brushes. Mm, incredible. Okay. Hot, tip. Hot tip. And then I'll go in with like just like any gel cleanser, any foaming cleanser. Do I we do. need to double cleanse? Like is that necessary? For makeup. Uh, what about sun? I mean, I wear sunscreen every day. If it's waterproof, if it's not waterproof, then I'm good. The reason why I use oil cleansers is because they're just hyper effective and they're fast. Yeah, I know. I just, yeah, I, some, for some reason, like sometimes I'll idea. use these like gel cleansers and like I'll see so much makeup on and I'm like, I guess I have to do this again and again and again and again. And then I'm like, now my face is so dry. So if I'm just washing with a normal cleanser and I feel like my face is clean, that's cool. I'm good. Okay. Next up. This idea that you're going to get everything off your face. I'm like, eh. but also it depends on your skin type. If you have more acne prone skin, then you might want to use like something that's going to have like a, a little bit of like an exfoliating vibe, right? Depends on your whole routine. But for me, I love double cleansing because it's fast. Then after that, I'll go in usually with Deliverance or my retinol, depending on how I'm feeling. Sometimes I'll use Deliverance first and I'll let it dry down. Sometimes I'll use any vitamin A derivative that I'm using. Right now I'm using tretinoin, but I'll only use the tret maybe two times a week. Okay. So how does that fit in? Tretinoin is sort of an exfoliant, right? It's like encouraging cell turnover. It's encouraging cell turnover. It thickens the dermis. It actually compacts the stratum corneum. It's why your skin's a little bit shinier. There's this idea that retinol thins your skin. Yeah, that's what- It's actually like a, that's like when people don't understand skin histology. Okay, which I don't. (laughs) Well, well, the thing is like, neither did I, quite frankly. I I went to esthetician school and like, so basically you have multiple layers within the skin and the top one's the stratum corneum and it's the dead skin cell layer. And like, there's almost like this misconception that you need to get rid of the dead skin. And it's like, no, that skin is really keeping all your body juices in. So keep it. But what it does is that it actually compacts it. So it actually makes it stronger with time. So the reason why retinol will give you the, I hate saying the retinol uglies, but when you get the redness and the the peeling and stuff like that, that's because of like two potential things. It might be like this pro-inflammatory response that eventually goes away. And then the second piece is that kind of like exfoliation piece. But once you get past that, you actually have like a stronger, it's almost like a basket that's like loose. It tightens up. And so if you're carrying something in a basket and it's all loose, things fall out. You want it to be tighter. So it actually compacts it and makes it stronger. People overuse tret. You don't need to use it every day. Yeah. So two times a week you think is great. And some people can, and it always depends on the person. Some people can use it every day and be totally fine. For me, two times a week, anytime I try to do more than that, it's playing with fire. I'm just not going to do it. So I do it about two times a week. Wait, so does, just like I want a very clear answer on this, does retinol negatively impact that barrier layer that we talked about or is it positively impacting it because it's making the basket weave tighter, quote unquote? It can be both. Okay. And that's the thing. And this is the thing. People want definitive answers. I'm like, how are you using it? The way I use it, my skin's stronger now than it's ever been. Which, I so do you mean I don't using get rashes it as much? not I don't. in excess is the way that it can, if you, so if you don't use it in excess, it can help your skin's barrier layer. But if you use it too much, you basically- Well, if the, you have constant inflammation and rashes and peeling, I'm not going to say that that's good. But most people get over that. Okay. 
And is there anything we can do to get through that initial two-week period yes. with retinol? You start low and slow. I always say treat it like edibles, right? Like if you eat a bunch of edibles, like you're not gonna have a good experience. Godspeed. Yeah. I can't. My help first you. one of my first jobs was in Amsterdam and I was like the person who would go, I rolled joints, but then I went and comforted people when they inevitably ate too much and then smoked a joint while they were waiting for it to, You like, must have had some tales, some stories. I had some tales and a lot of vomit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so I would say that it's like, you know, if you see that – because people want fast results. And it's kind of like what we were talking about before. You want fast results, so you overdo it. And then you're like, this is terrible. I hate it. I'm never going to use it again. And then you have this mausoleum of products that are just like a graveyard staring at you because you just kind of cycled through them. For retinol, when you're first starting out, one time a week, that's it. Okay. And then Then, on the other nights using like a good moisturizer. good moisturizer. And then maybe in a few weeks, maybe you go to two times a week. Maybe in a few weeks you go to three times a week. And then you just see how your skin feels. And it's always going to depend on the kind of retinol that you're using. Like I would actually argue that most retinol in the United States is like unstable. There's actually a study on this. We're going to do a whole thing for due and like publishing it around Actis. But we always talk about vitamin C stability and like degraded vitamin C and like, oh, vitamin C is so unstable. So is vitamin A. That's retinol. And so a lot of retinols, when you get it, they're like, oh, it's a gentle 1% retinol. It doesn't exist. So if I'm getting, I get the prescription tretinone, is that stable? So prescription drugs, they have to go through stability. They have oh, to go through challenge So that's like, I do it because I just like having that ingredient. I don't need like a bunch of extra stuff in my retinol. And mm-hmm. I like that, but it's really interesting. That's essentially more quality yeah. tested. Of course it is. And it's kind of like with sunscreen, the United States is treated like a drug. So that also has to go through stability testing. We made a hand sanitizer, which was a very, it's, sorry, RIP awakening. It's no longer in being sold. But it's like we had to go through insane stability testing on the hand sanitizer that costs like 60 grand. Because it's promising that because it'll you get are, rid of you stuff. Are, it's making a drug claim. And you have to make sure that it's 70% because anything lower than 70% may not kill the actual bacterias. And so if you're going to be actually making the claim of sanitization, then you need to hit that 70% after you crank up the heat and throw it in an oven. And then you're actually testing it at the one, two, and three-month time checkpoints. Would you say that's a really great reason to just go with a prescription tretinoin versus an over-the-counter product is you know that it's stable? Like I oscillate between Medicaid and I oscillate between tret because Medicaid is fantastic. They encapsulate, it's like they basically use an ingredient. It's called Icon-A, Iconic-A or Icon-A. But basically it's this encapsulated retinol. So basically when you look at retinol with an O you're, and you look at tretinoin, tretinoin is retinoic acid. That is the active ingredient that basically talks to your retinoic receptors and actually speeds up that cell turnover, thickens the dermis. When you thicken the dermis, it's the layer underneath epidermis. And basically it is like when you thicken that up, that's what reduces wrinkle depth. It plumps it out, right? It's like where all your collagen and elastin is. So when you're looking at retinol with an O, it's a couple of conversion steps away. So it's far more gentle. There are some people who cannot use tret. There are some people where their eyes will swell shut. It's a huge problem. So my business partner, Joyce, who does all of our formulas, used to work at SkinCeuticals and all that, she physically cannot use tret. She can't even use retinol. So we're looking at a couple of ingredients. But anyways, so Icon A with Medigate, it is encapsulated in cyclodextrin. So it is incredibly stable of an, as an ingredient. So it's like one of those things where if you don't want to get a prescription or if it's not covered, that could be a nice one. It's 50 bucks. There is a reason to go back and forth. My thing is, is just do your due diligence. Is the brand talking about stability? What is their stability? Do they have any receipts? For us, we actually encapsulated our cannabinoids in cyclodextrin as well. You're listening to the Healthier Together podcast. 
Zach was recently out of town for a few days and my sister slept over because, you know, I'm in my 30s and the thought of being in a dark house alone at night still terrifies me. Of course, in the morning, I made us both glasses of AG1 by Athletic Greens and she told me that I have been talking about it all wrong. I listen to your podcast every week, she said, and honestly, she does. And it's so cute and it makes me so happy. And you do not convey how delicious it is. She told me she'd been afraid to try it because she thought it would taste vegetal like green juice. When actually, it tastes like some kind of vanilla candy, she said, or like really fancy bubble gum. Anyway, she's now addicted, and I promised her that I would tell you that AG1 not only tastes good for a nutritional drink, but it just tastes good, period. Like, it is very enjoyable to drink. And then how you feel after makes it even more enjoyable. I love how much energy it gives me, especially since I don't drink caffeine. I often will use it as more of like a mid-afternoon pick-me-up to beat back that slumpy 3 p.m. feeling. And I feel so good after I drink it. Alert, but not jittery at all, just sharp and ready to take on whatever's next in my day. And that makes sense. AG1 has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that were specifically selected to support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. And maybe even more importantly, they actually use clinically researched amounts of everything they include. So you're actually getting the studied benefits. I checked on that because a lot of times, even if it says something on the package, it's like such a tiny pinch that it's basically just marketing. It's got things like ashwagandha, which doctors I interview keep recommending to help with calm and balance, burdock root, chlorella, CoQ10, selenium, B vitamins, magnesium glycinate, a bunch of greens and veggies. It's just such good insurance that you're getting all of the nutrients you need to feel your absolute best no matter what happens for the rest of the day. It also has less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and no artificial anything. And they're third-party tested, which is always so important to look for. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash healthier together. I love the travel packs. I keep one with me pretty much at all times. And the vitamin D3 and K2 is amazing. You actually always want to make sure that you look for K2 with your D3 because the K2 helps the D transport calcium to your bones where it's needed rather than calcifying in your arteries. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash healthier together to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now, let's get back to the episode. We've also mentioned a few times using a good moisturizer. Is there anything that you can point to that would make something a good moisturizer? Like when you're looking for ingredients, what are you looking for? So with a moisturizer, personally, I really like something that is very humectant and emollient rich. Okay. What does that mean? Humectants are ingredients that love water and draw them close to the skin, right? Natural. And then emollients are things that basically condition and fill in the cracks, right? So reducing that transepidermal water loss, but it's also softening the skin. It's also making it really like pliable and nice and juicy. Supple. Yeah. Supple. And then there's occlusives. And occlusives just like trapidin. And whenever somebody says that petrolatum is like saran wrap, I'm like, y'all sound wild. Because imagine strapping your face in saran wrap and then making some eye holes and a little <laughs> cup of breathing holes. It's going to feel real different yeah. to using a little dollop of petrolatum. And there's actually been a lot of research that with petrolatum, it actually does occlude. And occlusion is basically trapping. 
it occludes up to 99% of transepidermal water loss. Okay, so it stops 99% evaporating. But that 1%, it actually is teaching your skin to actually hold on to more moisture. It's allowing it to heal. Whereas if you occlude 100% and you peel it off, it's actually going to revert back. Interesting. Okay, wait. So what are some examples of humectants? What was the other one you said? Glycerin is my favorite humectant. Okay, glycerin so is the looking unsung for glycerin hero. on the label. Unsung hero. It's very valuably priced. And I hate when people say, oh, it's a cheap ingredient. Yeah, it's cheap and it works better than all the other fancy yeah, ones. Yeah, it doesn't. So, I would rather. Uh, right? It's like so bizarre. I wouldn't, please don't buy pure glycerin and put it on your face. That's actually not, like you need it diluted. I love glycerin. I mean, panthenol is really nice as well. And then you have actually things like lactic acid, which actually at lower doses, it is humectant. Okay, interesting. What about, we hear about hyalur- hyaluronic acid. Oh, hyaluronic like, acid. Hyaluronic acid is fine. It's just quite expensive. We actually have it in Instant Angel, but it's not like something that's like a star in like our formula. It was in this complex that we wanted to use that basically boosts hydration and has like a whole blend of different ingredients. But hyaluronic acid is great. I feel like it's the one that you hear about all the time, like to have dry it skin. It got trendy. It has a great for... PR. It has, wait, Shereen Idris says this all the time. It has a great PR team. Yeah, it does. So, okay. So is there any other ingredients? And other... hyaluronic acid is naturally found in your skin. So it's like, a, it's a good marketing story. It is good. For me, do I look for hyaluronic acid at this point? Eh. So you're looking for glycerin. Is there anything else that you're looking for? Um, So that's on the humectant side. And then on the emollient side, I love seeing basically fractionated oils. Like I don't want coconut oil, but like I love coconut alkanes. I love – and that's in our moisturizer, Instant Angel. I love ceramides. So a ceramide is actually naturally found in your skin. And it's basically just like waxy lipid that basically fills in the skin. Okay. And it basically, again, it conditions. It's really, it feels amazing. And it really does soothe the skin. Um, what I would say, though, is that a lot of ceramides, you want them at certain percentages. And this is where it gets tricky. So this is why it's like, this is why I actually don't recommend looking at an ingredient list and being like, ah, it has this ingredient, so it's good. Because guess what? The skincare companies know that you're doing that. And so what do they do? They add something at a percentage that doesn't even work. And they then say, oh, we, it's a ceramide for it. Green. We have a ceramide in Instant Angel, our, the moisturizer that I use, but it's not the star of the show. It's just one of the many ingredients. And it's part of, again, a blend that we tested. And for me, I'm, I'm more interested. And I hope, I feel like there's a trend towards this. What are your claims validation? So Validate if you see a moisturizer – Somebody's shopping for moisturizer. They should be looking for what studies that somebody's done. How so are they supposed to be validated? So I would say first figure out your skin type. If you have dry skin and you are not acne prone, you can go for a rich moisturizer. And what I would always say is you want to start with watery water, and then you work your way to the richer, oilier, more emollient, buttery products. Okay, you start from and because people say th- um, thinnest to thickest, but I find that very confusing. Water to oil, right? Think about it. If you condition a piece of wood yeah. with some oil and then you put water on it, it it'll roll right off. Yeah. It'll roll right off. So I, this is why when people put on face oils first, I'm like, God bless. Good luck. I don't get it. Yeah. Like you're reinforcing your lipid barrier, but go crazy. People get really mad when I say that. I'm like, I, it just doesn't make sense to right. me. So even if it's impeding it just a little bit. So I would say that. And then if you have more acne prone skin, you actually might want to be looking at more jelly textures, right? Much more water forward, much more humectant rich, right? Those are those water loving ingredients. Because if you have oily skin, you probably don't need a super rich moisturizer. You also have to look at your climate, right? You move from, you're coming to New York. My skin freaks out every time I leave New York for a month and then I come back. 
And so you have to also look at your environment. New York is this like ungodly union of humid, but also super drying and polluting. And so it's like, I need a lot of product to operate. But like when I was in Paris, I was like saying, I was like, I actually don't need that much moisturizer anymore. So it's going to change based off where you are as well. But I would say the general rule is, is that if you have more acne prone reactive skin, you're going to want to probably stay away from anything that's too rich. Like we was like, say with our moisturizer, Instant Angel, which is a richer moisturizer, be careful. There are people who have acne that use the product that love it. But some people break out. Yeah. Like, be careful. Patch test. Look at the return policy of a brand. For us, if you have an issue, please, we don't want you to spend your money on that. We'll, we'll give you a refund. Should we be expecting every skincare company that's making claims to be like running studies to back those claims up? Should that be the norm or is that it the norm? It depends. Some of the, for some companies, and I hate when people make me defend corporations, but at the end of the day, large corporations have money to do claims validation. And what I will say is that in Europe, claims validation is a requirement to launch. When you go to Europe, you have a dossier. And for every claim, you either have to show a study or show the study that you did. So it's funny how in the U.S., like, we always talk about regulation and we're like, oh, like, Europe is so much better. And what no beauty company is talking about is the reason why cosmetics are better in Europe is you have to validate your claims. You have to say, you like, to that it's actually doing what you're saying it's doing. That's not a requirement in the okay. U.S. Okay. So if there are a lot of products that are doing that, you're kind of saying instead of just going through and looking for check, check, check ingredients – if possible, look for brands that are validating yeah, the claims like that both. they're making. And also, yeah, look at the claims. Because like for us, we say it's a richer cream for drier, more normal skin types. If that's the case, you're like, well, I have super oily skin and I'm very reactive and I have acne. I'm like, well, why would you even buy this product? He's like, consider that. And don't just buy it because it's like trendy and cool and you're seeing it everywhere. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So bring us back to your evening routine. I have done my retinol or my retinoid, whatever it may be. I then go in with a moisturizer. I'm going to list a few that I like, right? Because I use Instant Angel. I really like Skin Fix as well. It's funny that they call themselves triple lipid though because SkinCeuticals is triple lipid and so it has ceramides, but like Skin Fix doesn't have ceramides. It's a shea butter base cream. It's a really great shea butter base cream. I love the Jordan Samuel Moisture Recovery Cream. It's super rich. That's what I'm using right now. It's I love super, it. It's super. It's beautiful. It's like butter. That is a very rich cream. And then also I love SkinCeuticals triple lipid, but people know I'm biased. My co-founder Joyce did the patent on it. Um, I didn't know this though. And I was telling her how much I loved it like two years ago. And she's like, sure. <laughs> I need to stop you. Oh, that's so sweet though. I know. And I was like, I'm like, I love you. You're so smart. (laughs) She is a genius. And then do I have any more that I really like? No, we'll stop there. Yeah. Four. Four is good. Less is is more. But those are super rich moisturizers. Okay. And what about for somebody who has more of the acne prone skin? Is there one of that jelly type that you Um, like? It's kind of like a blend between the two, but K-Beauty actually has, like K-Beauty brands have some pretty amazing moisturizers. And I believe it's Soon Young Etude. They have the 2X Barrier Recovery Cream. That one's pretty great. And I've heard it works really well for acne-prone skin. And based off the ingredients, it should be pretty much like okay. And then, honestly, the Neutrogena Hydra Boost No Fragrance one is a pretty decent. I mean, it's a super – people are like, it's just silicones and water. And I'm like, yeah, and that works for some people. And then is there any other steps of the routine? Sometimes I'll use a little bit of an inclusive at night. So I'll use like a little dollop of Vaseline or a little dollop of Aquaphor. I really like, oh, Chemist Confessions actually has a really great moisturizer for drier skin types. I think it's called Mr. Reliable. It's very light. But they also have a petrolatum-based occlusive that I'll put a tiny bit on. 
People talking about ruining their bedding. I'm like, you've gone too far. Yeah. Put it down. And then what about like, do you use a silk pillowcase or anything like that? Yeah. Oh, actually, I do use a silk pillowcase. Okay. Do you yeah, find, yeah, do you yeah. think that's helpful? You know, when you wake up and you have like this pillow that's just like glued to your face and you have like all the deep lines, I find that that's probably a little bit better. And the red light, you mentioned that you're doing red light therapy. I love Dermalux. I love Dermalux. Do you think Dermalux. that that's good for skin? What's that actually doing? So there are some studies that it helps with kind of overall texture and just basically kind of like plumping out the skin. For me, I have so much photo damage. I tanned so much. I did too. As a youth. And it's just I just like, don't think anybody young, maybe it's changing, but nobody I know was wearing sunscreen when they were younger as much as every adult in our life was telling us to. <laughs> Exactly. And I regret it deeply, but I still did it. Exactly. Know? And so for me, it's like, it's, it's really funny when, because also like we're talking about aging and it's like, well, the reality is, is that when you have less melanation, you see the signs of aging much more quickly. And it's just because of photo aging. L'Oreal did a study and it was like this really splashy headlines, like 80% of aging comes from the sun. And then I was like, where are the Fitzpatrick's? Fitzpatrick are the scale of melanation. I was like, where are the Fitzpatrick's on the study? And it was like under three. And so anything under three is like white. And I was like, Okay, so the actual study is for white people, 80% of aging comes from the sun. That and so red lights help with sun damage? In theory, um, I'm going actually into a derm office to get a Vizia scan. And so a Vizia is like basically a camera that looks at like basically different elements. And we're going to see if it actually reverses my, fo- my my sun damage. Is there any other reason that you're using it or have you I seen any other? I sleep like a baby. Okay. It really relaxes me. And, and I don't know. And is this near from like what types? I know there's different types of red light It's therapy. near infrared and then it's red light. Okay. Do you have to wear like the glasses when you I do? definitely wear goggles. Like okay. when people don't wear goggles under, like I used to not. And then I was like, this feels weird. Weird, yeah. And it I makes me very nervous. Also, I feel like my eyes are purely decorative. Like I have really bad vision. <laughs> it's like I, so I have contacts on right now and they're at negative six. You like, just like I don't want to mess with no, them No, I feel more. like I'm at like, I feel like I can't read things though with my negative six prescription and I'm terrified it's going to go up to negative nine because like I have my glasses and it's like, I, it's bad. It's, it's bad. So. I was like not wearing those goggles and I was like, you literally can't take the risk. <laughs> so okay, I wear so them. goggles on. We're doing red light therapy for plumping. What about reversing sun damage? What are we doing in the morning? In the morning, I splash my face with water. If I work out, I do a very gentle cleanse. I'll do like a very gentle foam cleanser. And then I will use deliverance. I'll then use boom boom milk from Violette. It's just really like juicy. What does it do? It moisturizes. It's one of those things where it's, I use um, skincare more than makeup. Like people are like, how is your skin so glowy? I'm like, it's moisturized. You don't need to use highlighter and like all this crazy stuff if you're just really moisturizing your skin. I think I'm wearing highlighter right now though. Anyways, so I use that. I then pat it in, right? Like the Korean method. It's really, it's really soothing when you just like do like a pat. And then I'll use Instant Angel and then I'll use an ungodly amount of sunscreen. Yeah, I've seen you apply sunscreen. It's and you're a- like, ma'am? <laughs> <laughs> do you have favorite sunscreens right now? Yeah, I do. So I love Beauty of Sun. It is Korean sunscreen. And then I love everything from Europe that's from La Roche-Posay. The U.S. ones are okay. How do you reapply sunscreen throughout the day over your makeup? Wow. <laughs> is there a secret? Like are there sunscreens? You can are- use a beauty blender. Okay. Um, what I sometimes do is I will – because like your sunscreen will still be on. It'll just be like a little bit patchy. You know what I mean? Just like the film starts to break down. So what I do is I'll take a big beauty blender. I'll take a very like light sunscreen, like a like a 
Isentree watery gel is great for reapplication because it's so like almost like watery. And I just like dunk the beauty blender in it, like really soak it. And then I lightly tap it over. Okay. All yeah. Right. And then you said that your glow, it's not due to highlighter or anything like that. I feel like that's the thing that's missing for me is I feel like my skin looks fine. It looks good, but I don't glow. Am I just under moisturized? It's again, the look that you like. Cause I think it's funny that we're having these conversations now. And it's like, you know, when we were growing up, it's like, look matte because if you're oily, like I had the dream matte mousse foundation. <laughs> we all used that Play-Doh on our faces and it was honestly like jail. They need to go, those product developers like need to think about what they've done. But if I want that look, I feel like that's the thing that's like That's missing. like where it's like moisture sandwiching. So, okay. you know, moisture sandwiching is a term that like came about in like on the internet. But it's again, it's like I was talking about where it's like you start with the hydration with the water and then you work your way towards those like oilier, richer products. And that's actually what's going to give you that reflective glow. And then you have that hydration underneath that's slowly evaporating. So it's like being held there, if not being pushed into the skin. And I've seen you say that you use face oil to get like oh, you love using face oil as a cosmetic. And not to say that it doesn't have skin benefits. Like I will use body oil because it feels great and it also looks amazing. It's just like taking one piece of a moisturizer. So you in general, if somebody was like, my beauty routine is all of these different oils, you would say that's not sufficient. It depends on if they're happy with their skin. I'm not one of those people where I'm like, I used to be this person and now I'm just like, do what makes you happy. But it's like funny when people are like, yeah, I use like a face oil and they're like, it's great. And they're like, but I have all these dry patches. And I'm like, yeah, because using just a face oil. And why wouldn't, can you just explain in layman's terms what why I would a face say oil is like, you, you probably would want to use something like a little bit more hydrating underneath it. So if you're just using a face oil, if you're using a face oil first, you're actually stopping water from really saturating the skin. So if you're using something that's like a bit more watery underneath it, and before you let that fully dry down, then you use the oil, you could probably get away with that. Again, it also depends on your skin type. But for me, it's like, I absolutely need something buddy, butterier. I need waxer. I need I want like free fatty acids. I want all the lipids. I want all the things like kind of like blend together in a moisturizer to make something a little bit more well-rounded. Okay. So, but if you are, I used to get out of the shower and with damp skin, I would like pat on face oil. Is that your trap? I would do that for my body maybe. But even with my body, it's like new level unlocked is when you get out of the shower, you put on a moisturizer then you put on an oil or a shea butter. Mm. That is new level Because then you're doing the same thing. You're trapping in the It's about trapping those humectants in there because also glycerin, it plumps out the skin. So if you trap glycerin, it's going to plump out the skin. You're listening to the Healthier Together podcast. When I worked as a magazine editor, I wrote more than a thousand articles about turmeric because pretty much all of the doctors that I used as sources kept recommending it or citing it as one of the supplements that they would personally take. Here's the background. Turmeric is one of the most powerful ways to fight inflammation. In a nutshell, there are two types of inflammation, acute and chronic. Acute inflammation can actually be a good thing. It's one of the ways that your body heals and repairs itself. But when that system goes haywire, we get chronic inflammation, which essentially makes your body feel like it's constantly under attack. The vast majority of doctors I work with cite chronic inflammation as one of the root causes of so many of our modern ailments, and research links inflammation with heart disease, diabetes, autoimmune conditions, cancer, arthritis, and gut issues like Crohn's and ulcerative colitis. I am never going to sit around and tell you that a supplement will cure everything that ails you, but if you're looking for a turmeric supplement to help get your inflammation under control, I am extremely impressed with Paleo Valleys. To increase the bioavailability of turmeric, you need to consume it with black pepper, which most people know, and fat, which many people forget about. 
Paleo Valley's turmeric complex has black pepper and coconut oil to maximize absorption and three other powerful anti-inflammatories, ginger, rosemary, and clove for a maximum synergistic response. It also has no fillers, binders, or preservatives and is made with all organic ingredients and just a veggie capsule. Finally, it's third-party tested, which is something I always look for in supplements as extra assurance of their quality. I've had my uncle taking this for about three months, and he's gone from having debilitating back pain due to an autoimmune condition to being almost completely pain-free. Paleovality has a number of other incredibly high-quality food-derived supplements, including a vitamin C that I adore. Vitamin C is my ultimate favorite supplement for skin health, and a neuro-effect mushroom powder that Zach loves for increasing energy and focus. So definitely explore their website. If you'd like to check out the turmeric complex, the vitamin C, the neuro effect, or any of Paleo Valley's other amazing products, head over to paleovalley.com and use the code LizM for 15% off. That's paleovalley.com and code LizM for 15% off your order. And if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up on Instagram. I love chatting about this stuff. Now, let's get back to the episode. If somebody's listening and they're just like, I'm stressed. I'm busy. I don't have a lot of money. What would you suggest as like the most minimal skincare routine if they want to glow? I would say for the most minimal thing you could do is that would be, and it depends on your skin type, but if you're like, you know, a little dry skinned husk like me, dampen your face with water. You don't have to use an essence or a toner. That's just a nice to have. Get a little moisturizer on there and then use a little bit of Vaseline. And that's morning and night? Or do you think we should add in some sort of tret? Or something like that. You can get a TREP prescription. They're quite expensive. I didn't, I mean, if you don't have a lot of money, you probably don't have health insurance. I mean, when I didn't have health insurance, it was $250 a bottle. Okay. So just, just if we're looking for the most basic, and a little most sunscreen. Quick. Oh, sunscreen. Always oh, sunscreen. Yeah. Always sunscreen. Always for sunscreen. sure. For sure. Okay. What about do we need to be doing anything to combat city pollution? That's a tough one. If you're washing, that's why it's really actually important to wash your face and like well at night. So when you're asking about double cleansing, I'm like, well, if you live like, you know, in like the Rocky Mountains or the Catskills and it's just a beautiful environment. Like you can probably just like run through the field. You're just like have, helping your skin right, microbiome. Like, I would love like, don't touch your face. Like yeah. you're, that's beautiful. Like, can I, can I come visit? But like in New York, part of the reason why I wash my face is I just like think about like all like the dark shit I saw that day. And I'm like, just mu- never can be clean. It's also why like I shower like at night because yeah. I, and I used to shower in the morning and now I shower at night because I just, I cannot get into my bed. Okay. So you think cleaning off the city pollution is important, but we don't need to be like layering antioxidants on in the morning well, or everything, anything? There are so many antioxidants already in your skincare. And that's where like brands get a little bit tricky. I think it's a marketing trend to say, ah, like anti-pollution from the city. And it's like, okay, that's actually, yes, you can absolutely market that. And that is an important thing. But it's like when people make products specifically just for that, it's like, okay, well, literally any vitamin C, literally any niacinamide, literally any, like I can keep going. Like, you know, it's like any product, but it's like, do I think that pollution is yucky and you should? That's a scientific word. Do I think it's gross and you should like put some antibiotics on your face? Oh, yeah. Okay. So if if somebody is worried about pollution, they live in a big city, maybe look at your skincare, see yeah. if there are vitamin C in it, see if there is niacinamide. No, and it's just so hard because then niacinamide is actually the gold star there because that is really hard to destabilize. Vitamin C degrades very easily. So the is that what niacinamide is? I always I, I it's such a trendy it's a, it's ingredient. Vi- well, it's, it's a it's it's vitamin. Is it vitamin B three? But like, what is is it, it? It's an antioxidant. I'm always like, I always hear about it, and I'm like, what is it doing? 
Niacinamide does a lot of things. It's one of those things where it does everything, but it doesn't do anything like as spectacularly as its counterparts. Okay. So it's a well-rounded ingredient. So if you're looking for like a workhorse. But, but, and here is the subtext, because it is very stable as an ingredient, you can almost guarantee that if it's in your product, it's there. Got it. A lot of vitamin vitamin C's, I'm telling you, it's just not there. A lot of retinols, it's just not there. And so you're like, wow, it's so gentle. My skin is doing so well. And I'm like, it's just not there. It's not working. It's not working. And also find a lot of like, um, anything that has like, um, K-beauty does this a lot and like Japanese beauty, but like um, teas. Teas are antioxidant rich. So if you see like tea extracts, those are great. Um, And a lot of plant extracts actually have antioxidants. My issue is when people are like, I'm using this antioxidant rich face oil and it's cold pressed. I'm like, well, because it's cold pressed, it's going to go rancid pretty quickly. It's not stabilized. And so this is where it's like so hard for me to say like an ingredient, which makes me probably the most annoying person ever to try and like get a, a direct answer from. But it's like, for me, if you're looking at something and you want something for like an antioxidant, I would just say like, go something like a niacinamide or like, you know, like you're the bigger the brand. And if they sell in Europe, it's much more likely they have their stability testing. I'd love to go through like a few other face things people can do and get like a hot take on it. We'll do like a little hot take session. Okay. Ice rollers. Hot take. They feel great. Are they de-puffing, anti-inflammatory? It depends. Like if your face like is just like, I have a round face. It's not going to sculpt. It's not going to sculpt. But yeah, if you have inflammation, like I could have used an ice roller after my debaucherous weekends. (laughs) Okay. What about lymphatic massage for your face? Oh yeah. Super fun. Okay. We love that. What about frownies? Mm, I actually wrote an article for frowny about frownies for Cosmo years ago. It really does. It does. It just stops you from dynamic wrinkles. There are two forms of wrinkles, dynamic and static. Static is just aging, right? When we all hit menopause and your hormones and and your estrogen just fucking like just ghosts you, like you're going to see much more rapid static aging happen. But dynamic wrinkles are just like, I'm like raising my eyebrows. It's like from just like Expressions. expressions. And so part of the reason why Botox, um, basically, um, helps with wrinkles that it stops that motion, but it's, they work, but it's temp, it's a bit temporary and you have to use a lot of them. So you wouldn't like necessarily add it in? I actually wish that I was using them during the pandemic when I was at home doom scrolling through Twitter. Okay. Also, um, if you stop yourself from frowning, it can actually help you with tension headaches. So mm-hmm. those frownies actually can help with that. Oh, that's interesting. So, you know, it's like I have some friends who get Botox and they're like migraines are gone and they're getting Botox like in their shoulders and like everywhere. But I find that I get the craziest headaches when I'm when I'm really – when I read that IPCC report from the UN on climate change, I had the worst headache of my life yeah. afterwards and I really should have used a frowny. Okay. What about face shaving? I have a complicated view on face shaving because I have a hairy face and and I have darker hairs on my face and I was made fun of for it. And the one time I tried it, I got a crazy rash. And it was one of those, like, one of those, like, knee-jerk reactions where I was like, why am I shaving my face? Like, I never noticed that I had facial hair. It was some fucking dickhead that told me it. What about it for exfoliation? It's a chemical exfoliator. Okay. What about microneedling? I love it. In, like, a nutshell, what, what would one I would say it's really good if you have acne for. scarring. Okay. If you have, like, those, like, um, deeper scars, um, texture, things like that. Um, I use it because I think it gives me, like, a nice little, like, temporary plumpiness. Okay. What about – I know you love microcurrent. I do love microcurrent. And what's that doing? Um, for microcurrent, I think for me, it just gives me, like, a slight lift in tone. Is there anything that I didn't mention that, like, tool-wise you think is amazing that people should I think, know about? Um, well, I think that gua sha gets a lot – a really bad rep. 
But I do think that it's a really nice thing to use and it feels really good and it helps with lymphatic drainage. And it's a much easier tool to use because like some people are like, you can just use your hands. And I'm like, yeah, but it's actually easier to use like a gua sha. But it's it's also misconstrued. Like if somebody's telling you that it's going to sculpt your face, like that's also not true. What is it going to do? Um, lymphatic drainage. Okay. And, and circulation. Okay. And circulation matters. Like, because the thing is, it's like, as you get older, your body's triaging, like what to keep alive. Like, as we were saying, like your body's just trying to keep you alive, but we're all like slowly dying and that's also okay. Do you have any advice for like the average person who doesn't want to spend like a huge amount of time researching everything, but they mm. want to know whether the brands they're they're buying are sustainable? Is there anything that they can do to kind of quickly, easily find that out? So I can tell you what we're trying to do. And I'm seeing and a bunch of companies are using this. We're trying to get to our life cycle analysis. Okay. So what is that? But life cycle analysis is looking at a, a material or an ingredient from cradle to grave and measuring it and okay. showing you what it is. So could you reach out to a company and ask them that? Like literally that yes. question, what is your life cycle yes. analysis? Yes. Okay. Okay. So that's like a good That's a good way to start. Point. Do doesn't have it yet. We're working on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I believe Coco Kind does do a life cycle analysis. They try to do a lot on that. And I think that they're like, again, it's like, it's really hard because it all depends on what you're measuring. Okay. And what and, people care about. Yeah, for sure. Can, and then can you just speak to CBD and skincare briefly? Because I know yeah. that do came about from kind of the idea of putting yeah. CBD in skincare. Yeah. So Deliverance has cannabinoids in it, um, CBD being one of them. And we did one of the first clinical studies to understand what actually happens to the skin when yeah. you induce inflammation and then you apply cannabinoids. And what we found is that it actually does help kind of calm and soothe the skin, tackle that redness from irritation. Not all red, not all redness is created equal, right? If you have like an autoimmune issue or things like that, it's going to be different. But what we found is that also the dose matters. Just like for vitamin C, it matters. Just like for retinol, it matters. And more does not necessarily mean more. And so what we found is actually the lower doses were working better. And so that's actually how we then ended up creating um, Deliverance, but it actually kind of created the ethos for our brand where it's like, we just really want to vet what we're saying, what we're doing, because CBD, when we were studying it, like we started in 2018, the studying of cannabinoids, it was the wild west. Like we were getting extracts that had like full on detectable levels of mercury and lead. Horrifying. Yeah. It's terrifying. Especially because Because people also have it it. internally, you know. I used it. And I'm like, oh, just me. Like, ooh, like, what was it, Marie Antoinette that was, like, shoveling lead all over her uh. face? I'm, like, living out my French roots. Um, but, yeah, so um, I would say that it led the ethos of, like, you really need to vet things. You really need to understand where things are coming from, not just from a life cycle analysis standpoint, but also, like, is it stable? Is it going to survive in the formula? Because when you're talking about sustainability, like, another piece is, is like, are you going to throw it out when you're, ha- like, halfway through because it's gone off? And so that piece is um, that that piece really kind of like helped us kind of like develop a lot of like do's brand background. Can you just leave us with one skincare homework assignment, like one thing that we can either start doing or stop doing to get the skin that you know that we want? If you have a magnifying mirror at home, throw it the fuck out. Why? Nobody is coming up to your face with a magnifying mirror. <laughs> it's a bit weird. <laughs> and if they do, like, that's a, another mm-hmm, problem. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing I would say is be nice to your skin. Don't yell at it. And literally, figuratively, how do you mean that? I mean, don't – because the thing is for me, it's like I – you know, I'm 35. So it's like, you know, I'm starting to see, like, things change. And just instead of, like I, – I literally will stop myself. If I start to beat myself up, if I start to say, oh, this is that, this is that, this isn't good, why isn't this like this, 
just, I'm like, just stop it. Just walk away from the mirror. I love that. Can you tell us a little bit about Do and and everything you guys are working on over there? Yeah. So Do is clinically vetted and price transparent skincare. And we created it just because we wanted to create a space where, like, what does it look like when you create a brand that clinically vets their products, but also tries to market it in a different way um, where we aren't going to tell you, we're not going to shame you. We're not going to make you feel bad. We're not going to scare you into buying. So that's the new trend now where it's like, all of your skincare is killing you. And I'm like, okay, that's, I, I want to listen. What testing did you do? Oh, we didn't use these ingredients. I'm like, oh, okay. But those ingredients aren't, those ingredients are allowed in Europe. And they'll have like in the next paragraph, we don't, we, we follow European guidelines. I'm like, no, you don't. I'm like, you're, this is Mark. Again, it's just marketing. And you're marketing to us for the, uh, one of the worst levels, which is fear. And when you're – when they're giving themselves cancer, I'm like, I we already have enough to worry about, like, yeah. moving on. Not to say that all things are good, like, right, and all corporations are good. They do bad things. But nuance. So, yeah. So, basically, with Do, um, we've launched a Forever Eye Mask, which is a product that really, for us, from a sustainability standpoint, I'm like, what if you just don't buy a product again from us? No, I love it. I, I like in the was, olden yeah, days? Yeah, yeah. And like, we really don't want you to come back. Like, people are like, oh, so it only lasts a year. I'm like, well, that's how long we tested it. But like now it's been like two years almost since it's like since we've started testing it. So I guess it could be two years. Um, so that's our first product. You just pair it with your existing creams and serums. This is meant to be fun also. Yeah. And it does work. So and, so and by work, I mean it just temporarily plumps and hydrates. And it's really the product that you're pairing with it. We are coming out with an eye cream. And we're doing a double-blind placebo study with the eye cream paired with the mask. So we're really Ooh, excited. I love that. Yes. And validation. Then we, that mm-hmm. validation we're looking for. Little claims for. validation. Yes. And then for deliverance, um, our serum, it's like a calming and soothing serum that has like really nice peptides that like plump out the skin. Um, and really with that with that serum, we wanted to have a lot of like benefits for it. So you were asking me what niacinamide does. It can help with hyperpigmentation. It can help with barrier repair and strength, like all these different things. So we did include niacinamide in it because it's such a well-rounded ingredient that's very well tolerated by most people. So it actually can help with like texture and tone as well. But hyperpigmentation is a pretty complicated beast. So it really depends on your skin tone, your skin type. Um, So we launched Deliverance back like about a year ago almost. And then um, we recently launched Instant Angel, which is a really fantastic, richer moisturizer for our drier, normal skin babies out there. And where can people find you and where can people find you? You can find Do at D-I-E-U-X Skin on Instagram or DoSkin.com. And then me, just Charlotte Parlay. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to share all of your incredible wisdom with us. Thank you so much. It was so nice being here. I hope you loved this episode with Charlotte. She has kindly agreed to give five winners each two sets of the Viral Do reusable eye mask. So you'll get one and then you can gift one to somebody that you love. And these are so cute and they are so giftable. To enter, just follow both of us on Instagram. I am at Liz Moody and she is at Charlotte Parlay. Charlotte like the name and then P-A-R-L-E-R. And then comment on my most recent Instagram post, whichever one is up there. It does not have to be about this episode. Something that you loved or learned in the episode. I will DM winners in the next few weeks, but there will be five of them. So you have lots of chances. So definitely enter. If you are new here, make sure that you're subscribed so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. We have amazing ones coming up, including an episode about how to be happier at work and a wedding regrets and favorites episode, which is going to be so much fun. So definitely tap that follow or subscribe button so that you do not miss out on anything. If you love this episode, I would so appreciate you sharing a link on your social media 
or with somebody in your real life who you think would benefit from the information that we talked about here. There is so much good stuff in this episode. Like, I am never going to use non-prescription retinol again. And oh my God, all that stuff about how we're never allowed to just be the age that we are. And by sharing, you massively support the podcast and you get somebody to talk about all of it with. So it's a win-win. Also, if you did love the episode, I would so appreciate a quick rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I am literally, literally 100 reviews away from my goal of 2,000 reviews, and I would be so grateful for you taking a quick moment of your time to write one. It really helps other people find the podcast, and also I read them when I'm feeling sad and they make me feel better, so that's nice. Okay, I love you, and I will see you next week on the next episode of the Healthier Together podcast. It takes a lot for a health supplement company to wow me, but Symbiotica really breaks the mold. If you haven't discovered them yet, they make really different products than any other supplement company I've seen before. They have a lot, so I highly recommend that you check out their website and take their quiz to find out what's best for your specific goals, but I wanted to call out a few of my personal favorites. First of all, the topical magnesium. You all know I love magnesium, and I've always wanted a topical spray that wasn't sticky, that felt good and luxurious to use, and that actually let the magnesium absorb into my body, which requires DMSO as an ingredient, which I have actually never seen in any other product. If you have achy muscles or sore feet, this is literal heaven, and I also love it before bed to help with sleep. And then I have become increasingly interested in minerals. We talk a lot about vitamins, but adequate minerals are so key for energy. And unfortunately, it's become harder to get adequate minerals because our soil is so depleted of them. The Symbiotica Shilajit supplement is one of the best mineral supplements that I've found. And the research around Shilajit is profound. There's robust human and animal research that shows it acts on ATP in a way that significantly helps restore and create energy, which is one of the biggest things that I love it for as a low-caffeine consumer. There's also robust research around its anti-inflammatory properties, its brain protective properties, and more. I think of it more as a whole food than a supplement. It's a naturally occurring resin, and I just mix a little bit of it into my afternoon tea or my decaf coffee drinks. And like all Symbiotica products, there are no additives, fillers, toxins, or artificial flavors. Of course, I have a special discount for you. You can use code LizMoody to get 15% off plus free shipping on subscription orders. Again, that's code LizMoody for 15% off on symbiotica.com.